Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, D.L. Rogers family. Today we have a special guest. Her name is Jacqueline uh, Herrera from the, one of the Corpus Christi stores. Jacqueline, we're so glad to have you on board. We're very excited to have you and hear your story. How are you doing today? I'm doing good. Thank you. I'm really excited to be on this show today. I'm proud of both of you guys. It's a great thing to have. Thank you so much. Are you? Y'all had a bunch of rain there in Corpus the last few days, right, Jackie? Yes, we did. It was a lot of rain. Um, thankfully, it stopped around four o'clock yesterday, and it's been sunny all morning long. What a great day to do a podcast. Uh, t- today, we're going to be asking you to share your story with us. Okay, awesome. So I've been with Sonic for going on 11 years in August. I started when I was 19. I was just came back home from Texas State University. Tuition was really expensive, so I decided to come more local back home you know, to Palo Alto. And at the time I I have a single, a single mother and whether it was, you know, college or, you know, university tuition either way was really expensive. So I decided to kind of step up and start working to help pay for my tuition, pay for my books, or just to, you know, get money for myself. That way my mother didn't have to constantly have to pay for everything just because that's the type of person that she is. Everything, I credit everything to my mother. She built me to who I was into who I am today. She's just a hardworking woman that worked three jobs before. And everything that I do, I, I mimicked from her, just seeing on how strong of a woman she was and strong of a worker. So I decided at that point that I was going to start working. My best friend was actually working at Sonic as a skater. And she said, hey, you know what, we're hiring over here. If you want to start, you know, working, she goes, I can, you know, get you an application. And I was like, sweet. At the same time, I was really nervous because my uncle was actually a co-manager there. And, you know, I really didn't want to work with him at the same time. Uh, We're very close in age. It's like a sibling type thing. And, you know, I was an annoying, almost little sister type. And, you know, I went ahead and grabbed the application. Manny Uribe was the partner at the time and set up my interview. And I was really nervous. Like, I I I knew Manuel only from a distance because he was always there, you know, always waving at people he would give me extra strawberries in my strawberry lemon when I'd go by he'd could always t- do those little things could you tell the listeners on the show who who Manny Manny is Manny Uribe is now a supervisor uh within Bill Rogers he is uh the Austin area is that what it is now is it the Austin Austin area? slash Houston area yeah yeah, yeah that's Austin great. Slash Houston area he started off as I don't honestly know his complete story but I do know Manuel has been with the company for probably about I would say like 12, 13 plus years. He could probably correct me on that. He was in Pleasanton for a very long time. And he, in my eyes, is, you know, one of the best partners that, you know, Sonic has had, you know, in the company. I was very blessed to have actually been trained by him and to have been hired from him. I learned so much from Manuel, not just in a um, manager aspect, but a person to person, a a human aspect as for he's just a great person to be around. You know, there's so much that, you know, I've learned about culture from Manuel. You know, you the one thing he would always tell me was you treat people right and they will treat you right. You take care of your people and your people will take care of you. And I learned that from him and to always be yourself, always be yourself because you can't be successful if you try to be something that you're not. Yeah, um, I agree. So, you know, that, you know, that was, that was manual. 
And, you know, thankfully, you know, I had my first interview. I was super nervous. You know, I was only, I think, 19 at the time. And um, I remember sitting, I actually remember exactly what I was wearing for my first interview. And I believe I remember what he was wearing. I think because it, it was just like one of those like set in stone moments that I've only been with Sonic my entire job history. I haven't gone anywhere else. Oh, wow. Um, so Sonic's been the only job you've had? The only job that I've had. Wow. Sonic lifer. I love it. Sonic life. Exactly. My kids, um, I, you were talking about your, you grew up in Sonic, AJ. Yeah. My children are growing up in Sonic. Yeah. Um, so cool. Um, they learn a lot too about Sonic just by being around us. You know, we sat in my parking lot one night and I was doing like a mystery shop and my son was just like, mommy, why is that car still here? And I was like, okay, son, we're working on it. You don't have to put that in there, but I thought that was funny. So <laughs> no, I think we do need to put it in there. <laughs> yeah. It's hilarious. And, and this is you. Uh, yeah. yeah. So it was funny. They, they're they so observant, though, like as children. And because uh, this is their life, the Sonic. They're the Sonic children everywhere we go. Everyone um, on this part of town knows who I am. So, anywho, I guess back to the story. It kind of got sidetracked there. So, I've been to Sonic, of course, you know, for, you know, 10 plus years. Started off with Manu Uribe there in Pleasanton. I was a car hop for about, I would say about six years. Six years. Because I, I had my mind real set to be a doctor. Like, real set to be a doctor. You know, fun fact that, you know, Jacob's on this show. I actually worked for Jacob back when he was in Pleasanton. Elaborate when here just, on what kind of partner Jacob was. Call him out. <laughs> Jacob was really fun to be around. Jacob stays um, quiet. <laughs> I appreciate it. Right back at you. I, I, I love Pleasanton. I mean, I have nothing but positive things to say about it. Uh, I mean, one of the, I mean, Poteet is awesome too, but one of the most beautiful places I've lived. Right. I learned a lot, you know, from Jacob, you know, while I was there. I was just becoming a, a co-manager when Jacob, you know, kind of took over. You know, I was just getting into the manager phase. You know, J- Jacob helped me a lot with that, you know, as for operations, you know, paying bills, explaining, you know, those things to me. You know, he had a very good culture. You know, Manuel's culture, of course, was, was great as well. You know, Jacob, though, is a lot similar in age to myself. Um, he's a little bit younger than I am. Um, but Jacob always made us laugh. Like, many, many did too. But Jacob always made us laugh. Jacob was always eating my food. (laughs) True story. Pregnant. um, While I worked for Jacob and we used to joke around that I was going to give birth in the middle of Sonic because I was about like eight, nine months pregnant um, while Jacob was there. Wait, wait. So you're saying that Jacob was stealing food from a pregnant woman? She she would share. I just would. (laughs) Oh, I, I would, I would, I, I'm not shy. I guess there you go. I'm not shy. <laughs> nah, I'm just playing. So one time, funny story. Um, I got a chicken club toaster. Yes, Jacob, I still remember. And chili cheese tots. And I left it on the desk. I was on break. I went to the bathroom because pregnant women, of course, go to the bathroom like a hundred times a day. Yeah. And I come back and can you tell me why my food is gone? And I'm like, where'd my food go? I thought someone maybe placed it somewhere else. And Jacob turns around with chili cheese tots in his mouth. And I was like, Jacob, did you eat my food? And he was just like, I can make you more with his mouthful. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was mine. 
<laughs> He's like, I thought you put it here for me. Like my sandwich is cut in half and everything. <laughs> and I was like, he left you just the crumbs. I... Oh. <laughs> oh man. But that was just like the that's how like how it was like around Jacob. Like it was just fun to be around. You know, when Jacob left Pleasanton, you know, I was, I was a little upset because I, I'd only had worked underneath Manuel and Jacob. And to be working underneath someone else I didn't know, you know, you know, I started getting nervous. I went through quite a few partners. Dustin, the Dustin era, I call him it by eras because it's kind of funny. The Dustin era is whenever I started to go more into my review boards. I believe once I decided to be a partner from... The time I decided that I was going to be a partner, Jonathan Preston was our supervisor at the time and, you know, had asked me, you know, if I had any thoughts of moving up, you know, at the time I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to go be a doctor. I know what I want to do. I have my plans. And he so was that like, was your plan when you when you came on board right. on Dio right. Rogers. That, that was, was your plan. Was, it wasn't where you were planning plan. on be a partner. No, Okay. no, I had no intentions to be a partner. But honestly, you know, having two kids trying to pay your tuition. You know, I think that there was a big gap there from not having children and <laughs> to having children, but to having two children, you know, living on your own, you know, me and my husband were living on our, our own at the time. It was, it got expensive and I knew that partners made, you know, there's a life to, to have him in Sonic with Dio Rogers. Yes. And one day I sat down and I was literally like, do you think I could do this? And I was talking to my husband and he's like, you can do whatever you want. Like you can put your mind on anything. He goes, you know, it's just once you said it there, you know, it's hard to take you off because I was set on being a doctor for like ever, you know, it was like four or five years, six years before I finally said, hey, uh, let me change my plan. And um, what made you change you your know, plan? What made you change your your mind? It was my family. Um, I know I could become something if I were to be a doctor. However, by the time that happened. You know, we, I'd be like 10 years from now before I'd be sitting actually where I'm at now yeah. financially, you know, so that, that's basically what it was. Like I had to think about my family, you know, we were trying to figure out, you know, ways of, you know, probably getting more money because we made decent money, you know, working, working with Sonic, but I saw something greater. I always wanted to be something greater than just a car hop or just, you know, a person I want, I want to stand out. And that's always been my mindset is, you know, to be a better person, not just, you know, on a financial level, but like humble as well to have that lifestyle that I saw Emmanuel have. I saw Jacob have like those, that was a lifestyle I wanted, you know, they had time with their families. They spent a lot of time in the store as well, but um, I wanted part of, part of that. And that's when I decided, you know, I was like, you know, do you really think I could do this? And, you know, my husband's like, yeah, you know, you're, you're capable of doing anything. You know, that's when I was like, okay, that's what I want to do. So, you know, I sat down, you know, I believe Manuel had left at the time. And Jacob, you can correct me if I'm wrong. Manuel had left at the time. I started becoming a manager more or less when you were there, right, Jacob? Oh, yeah. And I mean, I remember we had a few conversations about it as well. And I, I really loved how, like, you know, you're like, I've been doing this for a long time. And I, I remember that conversation like it was yesterday. And you're like, I'm, I'm good at it. And I'm like, I agree with you. You are really good at it. And, you know, you make a difference. And, you know, people like to learn from you. And you're a good teacher, too. And I, I mean, I was right behind you on that. 
I loved my job. So that, that was another push because something that Manuel always said is you need to love what you do. And that was the other thing. Like I, I would have loved being a doctor, but it, it kind of opened my eyes in a way because I, when I sat down and I was really thinking about it and I was like, I can't see my life without Sonic. I honestly can't. I yeah, love Sonic. I feel the same Sonic way. became, I don't, my, I don't, Sonic became my life. Yep. You know, oh, yeah. it became my life. And I, I loved doing my job and I knew I was good at it. I always say it's a lifestyle. Sonic is. Well, Deal Rogers right. is a lifestyle. I mean, anybody can Sonic, right. but not everybody can Deal Rogers. Facts. True. Right. right. That's definitely right. Um, so that was another big, a big push for me too, is because like, you know, I love doing this. I love helping people. I love being there with people. I saw a lot of the donations that Manuel would do and Jacob would do with the community while I was working under them. And I wanted to be a part of that too. You know, so that that was also like kind of the push you know, as well. But, you know, mostly I just loved my job. You know, being a, being a car hop, you know, was a good thing for me too. I loved it. I love communicating with the customers, seeing how their day was. I knew them all by name. They all knew me really well. If I wasn't there, they're just like, what's going on? Why isn't she here? You know, then that's, I, I grew with them. I watched customers' children grow up. I have a couple that are on my Facebook and I watched their tiny little babies are now teenagers, you know, there was one that she had a, a two, Jacob knows who they are, Martha and Buddy's, uh, no, 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 this is a completely different family, I'm sorry, but he probably knows what I'm talking about, this lady used to come up and get her green tea in the morning, and um, she had her little girl in the back seat, she was about three or four, and now that girl's yeah. about became 14, yep. right, religiously, and the little girl always got her cup of ice every morning, and, um, Never missed a day. you know, they became family. With, they didn't show up. I was worried. I was like, hey, where are they? And when you had your there baby, couple, they'd ask about you all the time. Right. There is a couple, Martha and Buddy, that were there. Um, they would go religiously every morning. And then when they didn't come, you know, we we're kind of trying to figure out. And Jacob, a funny story, actually ended up living next to them. Um, he was their next door neighbors. And they would come all the time every oh, yeah. morning. And, this neighbors you know, in the world. Yeah, we'd get concerned and they were like Jacob's second family. They would feed him and, you know, it, it's just a great community to be in, you know, the Pleasanton area. It's just, it's home. Back when Dustin was there, the area, uh, we were part of the Corpus Christi area and um, which was, you know, Jonathan's area. Pleasanton happens to be in that, fall into that line. One day Jonathan came over and offered me a store, you know, after my reboard. I think it took about six months. From the time I said, this is what I want to do to the time that I became, you know, review board ready. Maybe about two months after that, I was offered uh, the store here on Ayers in Corpus Christi. And I've been here since. Talk about a little bit of some of the challenges you faced when you first take over. So I think I mentioned this in the last podcast, but the last episode, um, most of the time when you take over a store, it's because the store was failing previously. Right. Um, right. Was that the case in that situ- situation or was yes. it solid? Okay. So we'll talk no. about some of the things that you remember. I know it was a few years ago, but some of the things that you remember or some of the struggles you had and how you overcame them. So, so the, the biggest difference, like I was talking about Pleasanton's being very homey and everyone kind of knew everybody. Um, one of my biggest struggles was I didn't know anybody here when I moved to Corpus, um, other than, you know, Jonathan and maybe a couple of the other partners, I didn't know anybody. 
when I walked into Ayers, Ayers was struggling very badly. You know, the previous partner, I guess, kind of just let go. The culture was, I had a, I had a huge culture shock when I walked in. Um, so you, you came from a store, culture driven, right. to a store that completely either had no culture or did have culture, but it was very bad. Right. There was almost no very bad culture in the store. And that's what needed the change. You know, when I came in, I was, you know, really shocked on how a a lot of the people were just kind of burnt out in a way. They were very um, frustrated, you know, with the previous partner. They pretty much did what they wanted. It it was very bad. Um, There was a a couple of good people in there. Um, I would say about maybe like three. And if I'm being quite honest, only those three had lasted in Sonic. When I came in, I guess let me give a little background on on Ayers, the the Ayers area, um, Corpus Christi. The part of this store is on, which I think will be a a token in that, is kind of on the, um, I don't want that to be kind of negative, like rougher side. The rougher side of town. Oh, yeah. Jacob also was in Ayers, so <laughs> Jacob knows exactly what I'm what I'm talking about. You know, it's on the rougher side of town where it's normal for five-year-olds to walk around by themselves. Um, oh, so Jacob, <clears throat> Jacob was in Ayers before Pleasanton, right? right? Before, yep. Yes, yeah. right. So, um, you know, I have a history with Jacob, obviously, um, especially when I came to Ayers. You know, I, I would call Jacob, honestly, when I first came over here because I was like, I don't understand these people. I was super confused because the culture was completely shocked. It, I, it was honestly just the way that they, they were. This, this was who they were. And I felt like that needed to change. And that was the biggest struggle was getting them to trust me and getting them to know like, hey, like I'm here to change this. I'm here to fix this. Yeah. And some people didn't want it to be changed. Some people didn't want it to be fixed. This is the way they wanted it. And I didn't understand that. And, and I know you had to adjust to their language. Like when I say language, like the way they say things and it, it's a huge adjustment. I, I remember that. That was intense. The, the language barrier, I wouldn't even say it was like a barrier. We all spoke English, but the way they spoke was a lot of slang. And I was not um, raised to speak that way. So I didn't understand half the things they were saying because they spoke a lot of slang. And I didn't agree with that. because I was like, okay, first of all, this has to go. We need to change the way we, we speak to our customers, the way we speak to each other. That was a big, a hard thing to change. And initially, one day I had to sit down with everybody and saying, okay, if you're not willing to change, then I'm going to change something. And that's going to probably start with the people in the store. So I started hiring and hiring people. And it was the hardest thing for me on <clears throat> this part of town because it seemed like everybody was this way. You know, one thing that, you know, I think Jonathan agrees with me on this is that not only did I change the culture of the store, I changed the culture of the customers, the type of customers that came to the store were very rough. I still get a lot of those. I mean, don't get me wrong. I still get a lot of rough customers, but the customers started changing too. Yeah. As I started changing the culture, as I started changing the people, started changing the language the customers started coming, you know, you get the one that was, you know, that came and was like, Hey, you know, you know, the people here are good. They're very polite. They're very friendly. Then the spread of word goes around. The school started calling, you know, like I said, the culture was shots where they didn't do donations anymore. The schools, they actually mentioned Jacob 
you know, there was a last time where this store had did any type of donations or, you know, anything with the community. And that had already been a while since Jacob had been in Ayers. And I was like, wow, that's, that's really sad. So that's what it came down to, you know, like you didn't do anything with the store, with the, the schools. And I work with about 14, 15 different schools now in Corpus Christi. Dang, that's a lot of schools. Yeah, on a, uh, every teacher appreciation um, week, last, the one that was happening recently, we had about 13 different schools. Every day out of the week, we had a different donation, but that wasn't there. That culture wasn't there. So my employees are used to that culture of like, hey, we donate to schools. We, you know, do this for our customers. This is, this is my culture. This is wow. my comfort zone, the schools, the community. This is who I am and this is who Ayers is. So you feel and like you need that, that, well, I don't know, that warmth feeling of, of home. Like that's, imp- that's what's right. important to you. Right. That's what's I, very important. That's I, I love, important. I love how you're giving back. That, that is so amazing that, you know, you can never, you know, quit giving back. I mean, that, that's amazing. Yeah. Right. It's phenomenal. And how I've many created- schools she's involved with. I've created relationships with every single school. And that was the biggest point for me was to create that relationship personally and get my team members involved. So where my team members, you know, now whenever I do some of these, I take a couple of them with me to get their feet dipped into that type of culture that I want, that hope, that warmth that I want, because that's that this is what I this is what I want to do. Man, that's, with, that's so cool. With, with Dale Rogers is with these schools, you know, that are here in the area, there's about, I think, two within walking distance from my store, you know, that of course, I, I'm really close to, there's, you know, many schools that I'm really close to, I have a lot of their vice principals and teachers on Facebook, and they're always, you know, commenting on my stuff, you know, when they hear about these donations that I'm doing, or I get tagged, you know, anyone can go follow me on Facebook, you know, I get tagged a lot in schools, whenever I do, you know, either donations, or they're just giving us a shout out, you know, for the work that, you know, my crew has done for them, you know, it's, it's a great, great thing to have. And I think the culture was the hardest thing for me to change here was that. Do you feel like, do you feel like the culture is at where you, where you want it to be? Yes and no, because I think that the culture can go to a whole nother level. Honestly, I don't think that there's such a thing as, you know, yes, you should have a good culture, but I always believe that the culture can go to a whole nother level and then our customer service will go to a whole nother level. I agree. I'm a huge advocate in culture. Um, I, I live and die by it completely because I think everything just comes much easier to the business when you have a good culture. So I, I agree 1000% on what you say. Now give us, if you had one piece of advice for someone that's just coming to a new store that, doesn't have anybody in the town. They're by themselves. They're coming to a, a struggling store. What is one piece of advice that you would give that individual for the co-managers coming up or maybe some of the new partners that are in place right now? What are some? What is one piece of advice that you can give them to help them? I would say it would be to reach out to the community because when I came here, like I said, I didn't know anybody. And it took me a little while to start reaching out to the community. And at first I was, I was pretty lonely. Um, I had my family, my husband and my children here, of course, but I really didn't know anybody. So I think that's what made it harder for me to figure out. I know what needed to be changed 
But in order to get more of a vocal range of what I thought should change, I needed to know more people, um, especially on this part of town. So I started talking to the customers more, like my regulars. Hey, you know, you come here all the time. You're, you're a regular, you're loyal. What do you think can change? That's what a good point. That I, can do that can I, I, I love your advice. I really do, because I, I, I'm not trying to take, take your story away from you, but, you know, just right. going to a town with no family, when you reach out to the community, the community becomes part of your family, you know, they're and, your family uh, now. because they, they, they're a regular at Sonic. And where do you spend most of your time at work? So when you're at work, most of the time that customer checks on you, if you're not there, like you're saying, they're like, where's Jackie, you know, what's she doing now? You know, and they want to make sure you're okay. Just like, you know, your mom or your aunt or your uncle. And I mean, right. I've built so many great relationships and I mean, I've loved it, you know, going from different town to town, but yeah, I, I love your advice, Jackie. That That's amazing. You said that. Right. That's the biggest thing that I wish I did sooner. I think it took me a few few months before I started reaching out to people. And at first I was just overwhelmed with everything that was going on. I actually came to a drive, a Sonic with a drive-thru. I had never ran a drive-thru before because the Sonic Pleasanton didn't have a drive-thru. And that was a challenge for me in itself, um, trying to understand it, trying to learn it, trying to be better at something that I've never done before you know, was a, a challenge. So, you know, not that that was an excuse to not go out and talk to people, but, you know, it was just one day I sat down, I was like, what do I need to do differently? And that's when I was like, okay, let me start, talk, let me start with the customers and my regulars, because I will get feedback from these people. And I built relationships with them. You know, a lot of them come here on a daily basis, you know, regularly. And it's, uh, it's a beautiful thing to have because they become your family. You know, I have a, a teacher, you know, like I said, I built relationships with these schools. I'm, I'm, these schools are my babies. These these schools are very important to me. I built relationships with them to where I'm part of their family. I have like four or five t-shirts from five different schools that they all gave me to support their, because I've been supporting their schools for years and they became my family. You know, one of them, she'll text me like, hey, sister, what's going on? Um, you, y'all actually met or actually AJ met a couple of I think it was about what four or five schools um, when we, the freeze happened back in February when we got all that bread mm-hmm. and we came into Corpus y'all came into Corpus Christi oh yeah and we had like hundreds and hundreds of boxes of bread still right we still had like so much bread and we we're trying to figure out what to do and I made like what a few phone calls and then all of these teachers started coming yep the principal vice principals I think AJ was able to see that. They were all coming because I was like, hey, you know, we're going to donate bread to the schools because I was kind of the first day. I was like, you know, how about the schools? It'll be an easier way to get rid of it um, because they can come in bulk. Pretty sure a lot of them don't have bread. And um, it kind of just came to my mind. So I started contacting them, contacted, you know, Sarah from Crockett, Crystal from Fannin, you know, um, Miss Hernandez from Sam Houston, you know, Eileen from uh, those are some of the schools I, I work with, Travis. And they just started coming in their trucks. Oh, you know, yeah. One came they in a, wiped us out. <laughs> <laughs> one came in a Suburban. And she goes, you got more? And I was like, yeah. And then they came with a big, you know, trailer. I think it was like a Chevy, you know, big trailer. And, you know, they came and they, the Chevy came. They picked up, you know, we put a big old uh, pile on their truck. You know, they're like, thank you so much, you know, for thinking about the schools. Um, but they came so quickly. It was it was as simple as that. I was like, hey, y'all want some bread? And they all came running, you know, simple text, simple call. You know, we donated, you know, thousands of breads to students on the north side of Corpus Christi. Wow. And um, it, it was just that relationship that I have with them that it was easy as, as like, hey, you know, I, I need to get rid of this bread, you know, and they're just like, sure. You know, they come over real quick. 
but I didn't have that before. And honestly, anyone that's coming coming up into a part a partner position that's going to a new store or you know they're already they're new and they're already in that store, let's start with your start with your customers, start with the schools, reach out to them, you know, see what you can do for them. You know, they will remember you, they will do whatever they can to help you out. You know, if I ever have any issues, you know, with you know an order that's messed up, you know, if it came from the school, they'll they'll call me directly. And they're like, hey, you know, we just went by, you know, we appreciate everything you do. Like, hey, you know, they forgot my tomatoes on my burger, you know, whatever, you know, their issue is, no problem, you know, I'll get it fixed. I don't have any issues delivering to the schools. When I do donations, about 50% of the time, I actually end up delivering it personally, and I take it to them. And that speaks a lot for them, or so they told me, (laughs) because they know how busy I am. And I still try to make that time to go and take it to them. And, you know, personally thank them as well you know, for, you know, working with our store, um, being part of our, you know, our, our family. And that's, that's what it is. You know, they'll say, you know, Ayers is our family. You know, the Sonic on Ayers is our family. And that's the culture that I try to drive to, into my employees. And that's the culture that I want them to be around because that's the culture that I, I was in. And that's what I saw with Jacob, with Manuel. That was the culture. This is home. I think and, uh, if, I, if I had to give the same advice, if, I, if you had asked me the same question, I would say culture, because when I go into I've gone one, two, three, I've been fortunate enough to, t- to go into three new stores. The first thing all I care about is making the culture right. Right. Because there's no way that I can work or I can expect my employees to want to work in a culture that is not positive. You know, we're not talking right. to each other with respect. But we're not being ugly with each other. You know, everybody's friendly. That's 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 my advice. I guess what I'm saying is for you guys out there that are looking to get a store and might be getting a store here soon or just got into a store. Focus on the culture first, because, for example, if you have a great culture and you you ask an employee to do something, it's a yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Right. If you don't have a good culture, you might get the the eye rolling, the sighing, the ignoring and you just you want to create yeah the walk away you know you just it's just not a good environment you know so that's that would be my advice and I think it's very you brought a very good point where there's a lot of partners out there and I know I know some of them and I've actually visited two of them last night that they're they're in a town where they don't know you know they don't know anybody they don't have any friends they're by themselves and I think you brought up a great point to fill that that hole is using your your customers as as that you know and getting closer to them and making them feel like home and i think that's that's very very important like jacob said and you got a great point yeah and i i love the whole culture conversation because you want to make your people feel like they want to be there if they're coming to work and they're just clocking in when you know at 11 and waiting till five you know that's that's not healthy mentally and you know emotionally like it it tears them down and, you know, it shows on the guest. And I mean, when you have people excited to come and ask AJ and Jackie, how they're doing today and what y'all ate last night. And, you know, what's, when do we start the new Boba? You know, like that, that's mm-hmm. awesome. You know, I mean, yeah. like, that's, that's some great stuff. And I'm just like, man, I'm fired about fired up about the Boba too. I was like, I can't wait, you know, <laughs> for real though. I am really excited about the Boba. <laughs> I yeah. love Boba. I had a meeting, a manager meeting, uh, not manager, a crew meeting the other day. And I brought up Boba and I saw their eyes widen and i was like all right guys don't eat all the boba first of all i'm really looking forward to seeing 
how this is going to sell if it's going to be crazy or if it's just going to be like a like crazy the first couple of weeks and then die off or or it's not going to pop at all i don't know i'm not i'm, I'm very curious to see how it's going to turn out i guess it depends on the, the customers too um honestly i'm a boba f- i eat boba i drink boba every day i'm gonna be honest with you really there's a i discovered a boba store here yes in corpus christi but it's called uh rock and rollin' and they serve that um the rolled ice cream and it's a really good place to like to be in um like i love going there it's on my way to to my house and i saw that they sell boba like all types of boba and i was like <gasps> wow wow so i i actually drink boba every day um we went to go do a uh um like kind of like a start like a job fair at staples too and we were actually just working on like getting stuff situated like what we're gonna do and we were working on cleaning the tray line made outfit that we had and um i was there with annette the partner from mathis and um she's never had but you know she saw we were getting boba and she's never had it and i was talking to her about it before and um because it's gonna be popping boba so it kind of pops in your mouth and um I text Pat. I was like, hey, or Pat was there. She just showed up and I was like, hey, so what's your address? And she's like, why? I was like, because I'm ordering boba. <laughs> I'm going to get it delivered <laughs> to your store. And um, I got some for Annette. And she's like, hey, this is really good. And I was like, it is, right? So they have like different types of boba. They have like mango popping boba, strawberry popping boba. They said the bobas boba. pop. Is that normal? Yes. Like, is that, is that what they oh, do? Yeah. For, for, for the type that we're getting, yes, that's normal. So I've they never, pop in your mouth. I'm new that's to the, the boba thing world. Yeah. So the boba. So you have like your your regular boba, which is kind of like the the tapioca pearls, it's like a, a chewy boba. I, I love that one. It's like a honey, regular milk tea. So if you go anywhere um, and you see they have like milk tea or they have like tapioca pearls, try it. It's great. So I drink it every day. Um, oh. But they have like the popping ones too. And the way it is, they they use tea with it. Tea is the base of the drink. Um, now we're not going to have that. Um, I believe it's Sprite and Slush. Um, but tea is the base of the drink. So it's like green tea flavored with strawberry, um, which is the one I get flavored with strawberry. And um, I can add whatever type of boba I want in there. So like I add um, mango and strawberry boba mixed in together. And they're just like little balls. And like whenever you, you suck them through the straw and you slightly press down, they just like pop in your mouth. And it's like, it's so fun. Like, I don't know why it's so fun, but it is. Um, so when we get the boba, I am super excited about it actually so um are you gonna have a high variance in in boba jacqueline (laughs) just for myself (laughs) at least i know where it's going right right so yeah no but i do love boba um so i'm really excited to have it i believe it's green apple flavored so i'm really excited to try that so yeah that's basically my story as for sonic um i haven't gone to any other stores i've been you know here i've turned a couple of offers down um, to go to higher volume stores. Um, but the new Ayers location, super excited for. That's something that I've been working really hard to get to, you know, because they're not just going to give a new store to anybody. Yeah. So, you know, I'm really hopeful to that store. I feel like we, we're getting closer and closer every single time, you know, they bring it up. Um, I always ask about it. I joke around with Jonathan when he comes by because he's now our director. And when he comes by and he's like, is there anything else you could, that, you know, that I could do for you? And he's like, other than the new store. And I'm like, no, that's pretty much it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, same thing with Jose. He'd be like, you know, is there anything that, you know, that you need? He goes, I know you're going to say the new store, but uh, <laughs> he goes, not that. And I was Who's like, Jose? no. Just, a, Jose just for the listeners. Actually, 
I'm sorry. He's my supervisor. He just came to us recently whenever Jonathan moved up. He was the partner in Uvalde and he was the partner in Goliath prior to being in Uvalde. But now he is my supervisor here in Corpus Christi. You know, he's very new to the area, you know, this part of town. I know he's really nervous about the hurricane season. <laughs> so yeah, he is. We were talking time. yesterday at AMLC and he's like, I'll be the first one to leave. <laughs> Jokingly and it's like, yeah. oh man. <laughs> yeah, oh, no, very nervous about hurricane season. So we're, we're helping him out, trying to get him, you know, used to the, the town, the area. He's learned his way around. Um, he's doing a great job here. You know, he's getting used to the weather. So it's a little bit, it's been raining a lot recently. So he's like, man, does it rain a lot like that? Yeah, kind of. <laughs> it's normal here. Jacqueline, first, I want to say I appreciate you taking this time to come on board, uh, come on the show and spread your knowledge to to share your story i know us fellow partners our schedules can be a little crazy at times so i really me and jacob really appreciate you taking some time to come on board i think you had a lot of value to bring especially with the culture and and the whole lsm marketing i think you're like one of the lsm queens you and and tanya specifically in our region really stick out to me on on lsm you guys are, are really good at that and and the involvement that you have with the schools is absolutely remarkable so i want to say thank you for that we appreciate your time jackie thank you for coming on the show and um man you're awesome and i hope you keep on kicking butt and you know people hired and i'm excited about your new location you know when y'all y'all get things rolling i mean i'm excited for you yeah thank you a lot really your story was awesome good deal thank you. i appreciate you guys all right and don't forget guys sonic is what we do deal rogers is who we are Guys, thank you so much for listening. If you guys want to be a guest on the show, I have everything down in the show notes. Appreciate you, Jacqueline, for being on the show. I hope everyone has a great week. We will see you guys next time. Take care, guys. Bye.